When the apostles gathered in the upper room 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, it would be rather hard for them to imagine what would soon take place. Theirs was a gathering, of course, that had been born out of fear, frightened at what may befall their group in the future. They were scared over any impending persecutions that might be coming their way. Jesus, of course, had already ascended to the Father and told them to wait for the Holy Spirit. They might have had an inkling or at least maybe a small idea of what Jesus meant by this, but they certainly had no idea of the full power and goodness that awaited them. And so the Holy Spirit descended on the apostles as tongues of fire, along with Mary, who was gathered with them as well. And from that point on, the apostles went out preaching the good news of Jesus to everyone that they met. Their gathering occurred on the Jewish feast of Pentecost. The Jews had a feast called Pentecost, and it was 50 days after Passover. And it celebrated worshiping God in the desert after the Israelites had fled from Egypt. When Moses initially asked Pharaoh to let my people go, it was so that we can offer a sacrifice in the desert uh, that God wants us to offer him. If anything, Passover was for the sake of Pentecost. And the Jews had this great feast 50 days after Passover. So there were thousands of people in the city of Jerusalem from all over. And yet all of the people, when they heard the apostles preaching, heard them speaking in their own native language. And if this idea sort of rings a bell to us, it should. Because Pentecost harkens back to our first reading that we heard today. This story of the Tower of Babel that scattered humanity all over the world. And you could say, you know, put us all speaking different languages in different tongues. Pentecost, by contrast, brothers and sisters, undoes the damage wrought at Babel. At Babel, people were no longer able to speak the same language and humanity became divided. But at Pentecost, all hear the good news in their language, their own language, to comprehend the mysteries of God. And the church, of course, has extended to every language over the face of the earth. At Babel, we see humanity wanting to assert itself to God, to reach him, to enter his turf, so to speak. Yet at Pentecost, we see God descending, coming down to our level and entering our inmost being with his spirit. At Babel, people are scattered all over the world. But at Pentecost, we are gathered into one community, the body of Christ. The parallels between these two events are so beautiful and so acute. Again, we see Pentecost uniting people in speech. As a practical manner, the church for many centuries was united by praying Latin together, literally the same words. And Spiritually, though, we are still united in our praise of God. The words of the Mass and the prayers are the same no matter where we might go anywhere on earth. Some years ago, I was blessed to go to Rome and attend uh, a Mass on the Feast of Peter and Paul called the Pallium Mass. That had people from everywhere 
from Africa, from Asia, South America, Europe, and, the, and then North America, everywhere we were all gathered together. And even if some of us might not have understood the Latin that was said there, we were all there together praising God. Every tribe and tongue and people and nation. All of us praying those same prayers and participating in the same action. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. As I said also, we see that Pentecost is God descending once again to us. You know, from the very beginning, humanity has always tried to make a name for itself. To assert itself. In the Garden of Eden, we have Adam and Eve taking that that apple because they felt that God was stifling them in some way. And at Babel, we have humanity wanting to assert itself. And yet in Pentecost, we see the opposite. We see in Pentecost that without God interjecting and descending to us, we would be lost and hopeless. And whenever the Holy Spirit comes to us, we should receive the Spirit with an attitude of receptivity. God the Holy Spirit is always the first worker in the spiritual life. Everything that we glean or learn from our relationship with God is received as a gift. And yes, we have to participate in the work of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit does most of the grunt work, thankfully. We can't reach God in prayer any more than that Tower of Babel could reach the heavens. God comes down to us. He gives us a gift, and we are to receive it with gratitude. Finally, Pentecost gathers us into one community, the body of Christ. You know, it's often said that Pentecost is the birthday of the church. When the church is truly made visible to the entire world, born out of the womb, you could say, of that upper room. And all of us are members of this family, members of this body. We are united in one faith, one baptism, and in the one person of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, you could say, is the unitive principle that holds all of it together, that keeps the church together. This big, sometimes dysfunctional family keeps all of it together. And I think for us today, this might be the best gift that the Holy Spirit can give us. Because I dare say, I don't think humanity is so much more, humanity is so much more isolated today than ever before. Families isolated from community, family members isolated from one another. We live in a radical age of individualism, but it breeds isolationism. We've built silos and bubbles of our own ideas and agendas and persuasions, reinforced by everything we consume online. And it leaves us isolated and cut off from others and even cut off from life itself. And when this happens, our view of the world, our view of our faith, becomes so myopic, so self-centered, so nearsighted, But brothers and sisters, we are not saved in silos. And we are not redeemed in bubbles. We are sanctified in the body of Christ. And nowhere else. Our sanctification only happens within the context of community. And that community is built up, grown, and fostered by the Holy Spirit. That is what keeps our community alive more than anything else. So on this Pentecost, brothers and sisters, let us pray that we can be agents of communion, agents of community, with the help of the Holy Spirit to help build up the body of Christ, to keep our church alive, thriving, and well. 
That only happens by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit. That Spirit who seeks to unite us in praise, enter our inmost being, and build up the body of Christ throughout the world.